Mama says that alligators are ornery because they got all them teeth but no toothbrush. Once again, things that could have been brought to my attention yesterday! By the power vested in me by Apple Podcasts, I now pronounce you Marty and Adam. You may kiss the movie? Hello, and welcome to <laughs> Little Marty, the only podcast that exists that's dedicated solely to covering the works of Adam Sandler and Martin Scorsese. My name is Eric Halloween. And my name is Jeremy the Butcher. You know, sometimes you do an intro for the show, and you just, you can barely hold in the chuckles, Jeremy. I mean, I, I'm i proud of myself for that one. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm happy to be here. Cannot, uh, cannot express to you how grateful I am to have this show and to have heard that intro, Eric. It, it Let's just say... Uh, you signed me on for at least another episode of these. Yeah, would you say that you um, enjoyed that intro so much mm-hmm. that you want to support the show financially? I, I'm going to say that that intro was at least worth $5 a month in perpetuity. Oh, <laughs> well, you know what? We actually, we had, there's a website called Patreon that I invented. Hmm. Um, a lot of people don't know this, but I actually set up a page on this website called patreon.com slash Eric and Jeremy. You go on there, you listen to, you know, bonus episodes of this podcast. You listen to the Sandler movies we're not talking about. We do an episode on Coneheads. We did an episode on Shakes the Clown. We do fan requests. We do, uh, we go through the worst lists on the internet of, you know, specifically the Rolling Stones list of the best uh, comedy Uh movies of the uh, 2000s. Uh And we, you know, we go through them. We do, we do stuff like that. And it's, it's, uh, it's a great time. And it's a way to support your favorite podcast. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, we, as I like to say, we let our hair down on that show. Yeah. You know, we really, uh, we take out the, um, well, the bobby pins and the scrunchies and we kind of just let it flow. Uh, you know, lo- uh, lo- what is it? L'Oreal? <laughs> is that the name of the yeah <laughs> the shampoo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. L'Oreal. I still use L'Oreal Kids. Uh-huh. <laughs> that way, it doesn't you know what I was thinking about eyes. recently? What's that? Did you ever have uh like kids that, like that you went to school with would like go on a vacation to Costa Rica mm-hmm. or somewhere you know, mm-hmm. and they'd come back with their hair braided? Yeah, is that a thing for you? Sorta. Yeah, Texas? yeah. That definitely that definitely feels right. Like, yeah, get a trip down to Mexico, come back, braided hair, uh, looking real sharp for that next you know week or so. Probably not washing their hair. Probably not to keep no. those braids in. Um, but uh, but yeah, that that feels that feels like something. Also, like a like super tan too. Super tan. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, tan kids yeah, you is know, hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got to get your t- kids in the tanning beds early. Mm-hmm, by the way, mm-hmm. it's my one parenting tip. 
Yeah. Uh, Jeremy, you know, we're coming in hot off of the Taxi Driver episode. And, uh, you know, we did Taxi Driver and The Man Who Fell to Earth. <laughs> Two episodes in a row last week, which I f- did not point out. I guess I didn't realize it at the time, but those movies came out the same year, 76. Uh. Um, which would have been, you know, probably better to bring that up during those episodes. <laughs> uh, I just wanted to th- throw that out there. But we did, uh, uh, we did do an episode on the Patreon of The Man Who Fell to Earth, which is one of uh, Brian, one of our favorite patrons. He, he is a- at the tier where he can force us to do episodes on movies. Uh, we've done some of my favorite episodes so, uh, uh, from the, uh, the fan requests. It's a great time over there. Patreon.com slash Eric and Jeremy. Jeremy, are you ready to shift gears back to the Sandman? Oh, yeah. Let's shift that. Let's shift into uh, into high gear. And I do mean high. By, by high, I mean hitting those high notes. Uh, singing and, uh, and such. Uh, that was a terrible segue. But, yeah, we're talking the wedding singer today. We're talking the wedding singer. You know, uh, I will say, I I did catch the last probably half of a late Adam Sandler movie that I had never seen before mm-hmm. on Comedy Central recently. And by late, you mean he had died? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the movies he he filmed after he died. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm gonna. We should start like a Paul McCartney kind of conspiracy about Sandler. Right. Yeah. Yeah, he died in 2007. (laughs) Oh my gosh! And it's just been Um, uh, what's his name covering for him ever since Alan Covert. (laughs) (laughs) Sure, yeah, (laughs) yeah. He had facial reconstruction surgery, Mm -hmm. and uh, Mm -hmm. yeah. But anyway, uh, I I I won't say anything about it. But it was a movie that I'd never seen before. I don't even think I knew it existed. Um. And it was interesting to uh, to go from we've been watching these early Sandler movies. We've just watched, probably we've seen some of his best already. And some, yeah. it was interesting to see like what he's up to probably twenty movies later. Um, it's going to be an interesting, <laughs> interesting roller coaster uh, uh, going forward. But Jeremy, <laughs> the Wedding Singer is a movie that uh, you know I watched very early on in mm-hmm. my Sandler days. And I always really liked it, but it was always a movie that has some, you know, funny moments, but it was never, you know, it, it it's not like a Happy Gilmore. It's not stupid funny necessarily. I mean, it's stupid, <laughs> but like, it, it, like we still get a rapping grandmother. Right. And, and that kind of a thing. But it's like, uh, it's, a, it's a rom-com. Yeah, it is... Um it is unquestionably an Adam Sandler joint, but you're absolutely right in that this is the film that took him from, you know, immature, sort of man childish, you know, teenage frat boy humor, Adam Sandler, to leading man and a little bit of a sex symbol, Adam Sandler. Like he's he is a he is the leading man of a romantic comedy kind of pulling it off and sort of like sets a precedent moving forward where, you know, now Adam Sandler can do two kinds of movies, right? He can now do like something really stupid, like a, uh, a water boy, 
or he mm-hmm. can do 50 first dates. You know what I mean? Like he's now like able to, to be cast as that comedic, like leading man in a romantic comedy. Uh, and this is the film that kind of sets that off for him. And I agree that it is a little less zany, obviously than happy Gilmore or, uh, or Billy Madison. But, um, for his career, I think this was a really smart move. <laughs> I think so too, I, especially at this point. It's like the right. It's the right time. I think you know we're coming off of Bulletproof, which which was a stinker. Yeah, it was a stinker. I we thought it was a stinker. I've I, uh, had multiple listeners enjoyed enjoyed Bulletproof. Um, yeah, I mean, there's things to enjoy about it, but I mean, it also was bad at the box office. So he also didn't. Yeah. He also needed a a win, I think, after that. And um, yeah. and this this movie, you know, eighteen million dollars to make, one hundred twenty three million at the box office. Not bad. Yeah. Um, so. When did you uh, did you also see this film like when you were a kid? Yeah. Oh yeah. Were, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I would have been like, like uh, eleven in ninety eight, or you know, probably saw it sometime after that, maybe in ninety nine or two thousand. So maybe twelve, thirteen. Yeah. Was it one? Was it kind of like in the rotation? Did you watch it once in a while? Yeah. Like quote it and stuff. Definitely, it was a TV. It was like seeing it on TV. Yes. So that was that was how I saw it. I maybe never even rented it. I don't know if my parents would have rented me an Adam Sandler movie. I don't know if that would have mm. that would have happened. He might have been a little too raunchy. But right. Uh oh man, when it came on TBS or TNT or Comedy Central, that was a perfect time to watch. A little edited, you know, little things taken out, things for my virgin ears so I, I couldn't hear them. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, the version that I watched, this may have been the first time I've ever seen uh, this movie unedited and, like, not uh, not with, like, weird VHS breaks to pause for the commercials. Because the uh-huh. version that I watched was literally just recorded from TBS in, like, you know, 1999 or whatever. Right. Just ripped from the TV. And I remember there were like parts of commercials and I I watched the movie so many times that I like, it was weird during the moments where there would be commercial breaks during this, not just to have it not being broken up by like a spam commercial or something. Yeah. Uh, So anyway, Sandler had an idea for a comedy about a wedding singer who gets (laughs) left at an altar. Uh, and suggested it to Tim Hurley. Inspired by the radio show Lost in the 80s, Hurley decided to set the film in that decade. Hurley had not set out to do anything different and thought the script was similar to his previous collaborations with Sandler. Um, The changes came naturally, blah, blah, blah. Uh, He explained that she was... uh, Oh, yeah, okay. Hurley was unaware that Sandler's previous films had lacked a female perspective and emphasized the importance of Barrymore. He explained that she was so great in her career, or in her scenes, that test audiences did not complain about Sandler not being in every scene as they once did for his previous films. What do you think of uh, Drew Barrymore? Not just in this movie, but just as an, as a, as an actor. Oh, wow. I wish you hadn't asked me this, Eric. I wish you hadn't asked me. 
Um, no, I don't. I actually don't. Uh, I don't have an opinion about Drew Barrymore. I was trying to come up yeah, with something smart, but I, I, um, hmm. I think she's fine. She's fine. She's very unique. I'll tell you this. I can't imagine a world without Drew Barrymore, especially during this era. She was like yeah. in a lot of stuff, you know. Uh, I, ne, ne, I'll, I'll say this. Probably never been one of my favorites. Not like somebody I go to the movies for <laughs> necessarily. Um, but really, you're not going. You're not going to. <laughs> You didn't go see Curious George to hear her as the voice of Maggie. I'll, I'll, no, two thousand six. I'll tell. I I like her in. Um, obviously, Never Been Kissed. I think is a great film. Um, and I think she's really good in that. And then I like her in uh, uh, Charlie's Angels. I think is a fun movie. But I'm really kind of stretching here because <laughs> I don't. I I just don't have. She doesn't bother me. How about that? She doesn't bother me. Nothing about her bothers me. I I don't... um, I'll say this also. I really like her with Adam Sandler. I think they got really good chemistry. I think that's sort of the... um, the, the, Probably the thinking the studios had when they cast them again together in 51st States and then again together another time in another movie I've never heard of. so yeah, I, I they're both silly, and I think that's what kind of works. Is Drew Barrymore is kind of a silly romantic lead in the same way he is, you know? Like I wouldn't I wouldn't mm-hmm. say Drew Barrymore is super sexy, you know what I mean? Like I think that the girl that plays um, Linda is supposed to read on screen as like the sexy girl, and Drew Barrymore is supposed to be kind of like the girl next door. And I think the same is true about Adam Sandler that he is. At his hottest, <laughs> the 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 boy next door. You know what I mean? Like, uh, sure. not like obviously a a. Uh, he's not like a Brad Pitt or something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I uh, I I appreciate Drew Barrymore. I suppose there's there's a. I think she's a good. You know, she's good at what she does. Depending on the movie, I guess. I mean. I think overall she's pretty great, but there was a period where she was kind of like, I don't know, edgy or a little bit more alternative. Mm, kind of. You yeah. know what I mean? Like when she was, she was like dating Tom Green for a while. Yeah. Actually, I think they were married. Yeah, that was a weird time. And then didn't she also yeah. marry or date the drummer of the Strokes for a while? Maybe. That sounds right. But my favorite Drew Barrymore role is uh, in Wayne's World 2, mm. she plays Bjergen K- Kajurgen from Nirgen Nirgen <laughs> Fjords. <laughs> Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, The Wedding Singer. Back to the page that I closed out of. Hold on a second here. So, Jeremy, were you aware that Carrie Fisher and Judd Apatow also worked on the script. No, I was not aware of that, but I- Judd Apatow I get, but Carrie Fisher- Well, there was a time uh, when she was sort of considered like a screenwriting- Oh. A screenwriter, yeah. Like she had written- um, I didn't know that. She'd written a film that- 
uh, is about her life directed by, um, what's his name? The guy who made The Graduate. Anyway, Postcards from the Edge. That's what it was called. She wrote a film called Postcards from the Edge that I think won her some kind of award. Yeah, some kind of award. An Oscar? No, a BAFTA. Yeah, she won a BAFTA for oh nice both but for postcards from the edge. Yeah, she's um yeah. yeah she's let's see she won yeah. Anyways, that's uh and that's the, uh, what's his what's that guy's name man? Postcards from the edge. It's like uh uh. Who did the Who did the Graduate? Do you you remember that movie, right? Yeah, Art Garfunkel. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. So yeah, pretty cool. <laughs> so, Mike Mike Nichols. That's movie, his name. Mike Nichols. Uh, this movie is directed by Frank Karachi, Karaki or Karachi. <laughs> I like Karachi. He uh, and and he is. This is his first Sandler film, but it's not his last. He also directs The Waterboy, which apparently came out the same year as The Wedding Singer. How does that work? Which is, both came out in 98. It's um, a hot year for Sam. Yeah, very hot year. I'm curious to know what the release date. I wonder which one they film first is. Feb 13, 1998 for The Wedding Singer. So I'd imagine The Waterboy... Probably like, let's see here. November, November sixth, ninety eight. So like the what the Water Boy comes out in the midst of all these like horror movies, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. <coughs> um. But yes. To, uh, what's his face? Frank Karachi directs the Water Boy, and Click mm-hmm. later. Yeah. In the in the in the uh, you know Sandler universe. Uh, he was friends with Sandler since they went to college at NYU and could hardly believe that he and his friend had the opportunity to make films together. Karachi had also gotten over his own experiences of romantic heartbreak a few years earlier and was able to look back on it differently and instead allow it to be funny. Karachi was a fan of John Hughes and mentioned his films as an important influence. I, I don't know if I really pick up any <laughs> any John John Hughes uh, inspiration in there, but it's, maybe with yeah, the man. Like, '80s stuff. Yeah, that's a good that's a good point. But like, we already kind of know that's a Tim Hurley thing, you know. Like, so I think it. I I think directing Sandler, it's gonna be hard to like. You know. It just seems like if you're directing a Sandler thing, it's going to be a Sandler thing, you know? Like, for whatever that machine is that it goes through, you know, I, I it's kind of visually indistinguishable from other Sandler films, you know what I mean? Like, Sandler has to literally be in the hands of an auteur, like Paul Thomas Anderson or the uh, the brothers to... Uh, to be like to get to to where his film will like look like not a Sandler picture. This to me, um, this to me is just it's it's got the Sandler staples written all over it. The cutaways, 
you know, like the the rhythm of the jokes, the hmm. it's it's yeah, it's very much a, a, Sand, a Sandler flick. And it's weird to even consider that these have directors because it doesn't it just feel like they're freaking <laughs> yeah yeah. It sort of doesn't matter mm-hmm. at a certain point. Yeah, he also um, directs uh, just FYI. This Frank guy also directs Ridiculous Six, so we'll, okay. we'll be watching okay. that as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So this is kind of interesting. Uh, Barrymore, Drew Barrymore, uh, approached Sandler about working together on a film, saying that they were cinematic soulmates before they had ever worked together. Uh, Barrymore had a great relationship with Karachi and praised him for balancing the broad comedy. Uh, blah 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 blah. Sandler would often make Barrymore laugh out of context, so that even after a long day, her laughs on camera would be real. And also, she would not read or hear the songs until the first shoot, so that her reactions would be more spontaneous. That's nice. What do you think of that? I love that. That's really great. Yeah. Uh, so let's see here. A little bit of random trivia. Uh, the but <laughs> I can I can already tell that these are going to be some really weird, obscure uh, IMDb trivia bits. The butterfly jean jacket that Julia wears throughout the movie belongs to Drew Barrymore. Director Frank Karachi liked her jacket and told her to wear it as part of her costume. So that is the very top trivia entry on IMDb. You know how they like put usually like the most. I don't know, like notable trivia right, right. towards the top. Yeah. This is mm-hmm. what we're getting first. <laughs> yeah. It's, so, uh, it's kind of important, Eric. So, you know, don't, don't, don't underestimate the importance of this butterfly jean jacket. This whole movie would have felt different without that. So, uh, Robbie tells Linda at one point to get out of my Van Halen t-shirt before you jinx the band and they break up. <laughs> David Lee Roth left Van Halen in 1985, the year in which the movie is set. It's pretty good. Uh, that's more of an explanation of a joke than... Uh, <laughs> I know, than a trivia. Um. Okay, well, this is worth mentioning. 51st Dates and Blended are two other uh, Sandler and Drew Barrymore films that we will be watching at some point. And also, uh, w- kind of wish that she was, although I do love the rapping granny that they cast, Betty White was considered for the role of Rosie. Yeah, and it, you know what's weird is in my mind, it is Betty White. <laughs> like when I think about this in my memory. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know what would have been a great casting choice? Uh, Christopher McDonald, <laughs> Shooter McGavin, was yeah. almost going to be Glenn. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. McDonald previously played Shooter McGavin, like I said. Uh, yeah, I think, I don't know. I don't know. Do you know the guy for, who plays Glenn Gulia from anything else? Uh, no, but I do think he's probably more age appropriate than Shooter McGavin. <laughs> Yeah, I guess. Um, but yeah, <laughs> By a little bit. Yeah, but uh, Matthew Glave is this guy's name, and he's one of those guys who's in a ton of shit, still working today. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, Jeremy, let's get past this riveting trivia and let's dive into the plot. And you know what? 
Excuse me if I tear up a little bit. <laughs> okay. As we get towards the end here. You got it. Uh, Ro- Robbie Hart is a wedding singer in Ridgefield, New Jersey. Gonna be honest, had no idea where this movie took place. Seen it a dozen times. Mm. Did not know it was set in New Jersey. Yeah, I like that. That makes uh-huh. sense. In 1985, whose own wedding to his fiance Linda is approaching. He meets and befriends Julia Sullivan, a new waitress, at the reception hall where he works and promises to sing at her wedding, though her fiancé, businessman, and bond investor, Glenn Gulia, has yet to set a date. <laughs> so I guess we 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 get right into... Uh, yeah, the uh, intro to this. To think of the name yeah. of the song is. Uh, like, you spin uh, me round. You, yes, spin you spin me, me round. Yeah, that. Uh, this intro is like sort of the template for how you do this kind of a movie. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like it's just set the standard for like, like wild, fun comedy intros. I don't know if that makes yeah. sense, but I kind of always think about this intro as like. This is how you do it, you know? You it's they're singing this song. It feels so frenetic. The camera's moving around the room, spinning around Sandler. It's also him singing, which is cool. Uh it's like What do you I want let's talk about this right away cuz we we've talked about Sandler's singing in uh the uh Eight Crazy Nights. Mhm. Uh what do you think of his singing in this? Cuz I was actually to be honest, at first I was like, I, I hadn't seen this movie in a while, and I was like, I can't remember if this is really him singing or not. I think it and then is. I remembered. Oh yeah, it is. Yeah, I think it is, and it's good because it's pretty good. I like it. Yeah, yeah, it's really good actually. And he he has a great comedy singing. I mean, uh, what am what am I saying? What, yeah, it, it, extra extra. Read all about it. Adam Sandler has a good comedic singing voice. <laughs> Of course he does. That's his whole thing. <laughs> but I mean, you know, sometimes you forget that because he's not just a comedian singer. You know, like uh, his, co- you know, like his comedy albums would suggest. He's he's an actor, so I guess it's you tend to forget that he's actually really really talented at this, and he can kind of make his voice sound really cute and sweet, and he can kind of do the screaming thing. He can kind of you know, sound like a rock star if he wants to. He's great. And this intro is great. I love the, uh, I love the naked baby <laughs> bit. <laughs> if somebody puts some pants <laughs> yeah. on that kid, like <laughs> it's just got like a lot of great gags right away. And, uh, yeah, it's just a fun time and I, it gets you in the right. Yeah. It's just great. Great intro. Definitely. Like you see a lot of comedy intros try to do this. Like wedding crashers has a very similar intro to this, mm. you know, yeah. Um. So, yeah, and then we get. I guess we get the setup of of uh, him and Drew Barrymore. Well, and more importantly, we get uh, the setup of Steve Buscemi <laughs> right away. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Steve Buscemi is like the drunk. Uh, <laughs> who even is he? Is he like the best man or he something? Is, or he the is. He is the brother and best man yeah. of the of the groom at that particular wedding. Saying stuff like, uh, saying stuff like, uh, you remember, you remember those two uh, uh, women we picked up in? Uh, I would call them prostitutes, but we, I, I didn't pay anybody. <laughs> 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 or, uh, or are we saying, yeah, best man, better man, more like. Or then he like after you think he's gone, comes back with the guitar, <laughs> he's just strumming <laughs> yeah. it. 
Never yeah. had a lesson. No thanks to you, Pop. Great stuff. Yeah. Great stuff. Uh, on Robbie's wedding day, his sister Kate informs him as he waits at the altar that Linda has changed her mind about the wedding, leaving him humiliated and emotionally devastated. Later that day, Linda re- visits Robbie and reveals that she fell in love with him for his ambitions uh, of being a rock star and hates the idea of being married to just a wedding singer. Uh, Robbie sinks into depression, causing his friends and family to be concerned. His best friend Sammy convinces him to return to work, but he gives a depressed performance that is panned and decides to give up wedding gigs and reneges on his promise to sing for Julia when Glenn finally sets a date. I love one of my favorite scenes in the movie is when he's depressed performing uh, at the wedding Uh and he does Love Stinks, but I love before that when he's just like, goes on this whole tirade about love and how like different people at the wedding will never find yeah it goes on like you think he's just gonna point out one other person but then he ends up pointing (laughs) out like a ton of other by the way when he points out the the table that he calls mutants one of those guys sitting at the table nine yeah table nine is brian pusain i thought that was brian pusain Yeah, Yeah, yeah yeah definitely um and then uh yeah, and then of course another great bit is uh, he's with George, I believe is the character's name, who's the like person, the androgynous sort of person in his band, and they're like the, all of the gags with George are really great, where they'll have to like sing a song and then, <laughs> and then they they have to repeat the song because Adam Sandler isn't back yet, and you just have people <laughs> being like, "You suck!" <laughs> like, scre- <laughs> it's so funny. Um, let's see here. Julia, oh, his friend Sammy returned to work, blah, blah, blah. However, he gives a depressed performance that is panned uh, and decides to give up on wedding gigs and reneges on his promise to sing for Julia with Glenn when Glenn finally sets a date. However, Julia convinces him to help her with the planning and their friendship blossoms. Yeah. During a double date with Julia, Glenn and Julia's cousin Holly, Robbie leans, uh, learns from Glenn that he cheats on Julia frequently and plans to continue after they are married. I got to say, like, one of my, I mean, maybe it's because I watched this movie, you know, I was, like, watching this movie all the time when I was, like, 11 or something and just, like, starting to have, you know, romantic thoughts mm-hmm. <laughs> at all but that moment when like there when him and drew barrymore kiss for the first time yeah i like got emotion i was like man this still works on me yeah. this is like it's they have great chemistry right absolutely absurd that like this situation would happen where they're like just like hey i'm about to get married let's practice kissing uh-huh. but yeah. it like kind of is it's kind of great. Like yeah. it, it, it. I don't know. I really liked it. I, and I don't normally uh, fall for like uh, you know rom com stuff like that. Yeah, I'm tough, Jeremy. I watch movies like Death Race. <laughs> yeah, you watch movies like Shopping and 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 Pump Weights. <laughs> um, no, yeah, I I totally agree with you that like there are certain f- movies that will send you back to that place. 
that you were at when you saw them. Uh, and if you happened to be going through a particular time where you were starting to consider, hey, maybe I'd like to smooch a girl or, you know, date a girl. I think for me, it was always that too. Like those are the mo- always the more profound feelings too. It's like the ones that where you're like, I would like to like treat someone well, you know, I'd like to like date somebody and, and, and have them and, you know, grow with somebody. That's, that's a, that's a crazy feeling. That's a crazy time in anyone's life. When they start to realize it's not just like sort of lustful puberty. It's like, no, it'd be fun to have a girlfriend. (laughs) And, uh, yeah. And the films that you kind of saw around that time sort of can, can, can stir you in that way. That's like, like whenever I see, uh, Whenever I see the film, um, <laughs> uh, whenever I see the film, uh, <laughs> a goofy movie, I have a very similar <laughs> feeling with sure. with Max okay. and uh, and uh, uh, Roxanne, and I know it I've sounds said this crazy. Before, but, um, I I missed out on the goofy movie. Yeah, it's one of those where like I never saw it when I was mm-hmm. younger. And I know that everyone who did it, like loves that movie. Yep. I just feel like if I watch it now, I'm, it's just not going to do anything for me. It might not, you know? but I will say it's one of the better Disney animated movies. I, I still think that, but it it won't do the same thing for you. It did for me when I was a kid. Yeah. Well. Anyway, <laughs> what are we talking about? Oh yeah, Julia and Robbie are increasingly uh, confused by their. Deepening feelings for each other. When Holly tells Robbie that Julia is marrying Glenn for his money, he unsuccessfully pursues a job at a bank. This is great. I forgot about this. when, uh, And I have this quote pulled up here because I think it's really funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Kevin Nealon is like the hiring, doing the interview at the bank. Yeah. He's like, do you have any experience? And Robbie says, no, sir. I have no experience, but I'm a big fan of money. I like it. I use it. I have a little. I keep it in a jar on top of my refrigerator. I'd like to put more in that jar. That's where you come in. (laughs) Just perfect. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. Later that day, Linda visits Robbie and reveals that she fell in love with him for his ambitions of... Oh, wow. I went back to a previous... (sighs) Paragraph. Julia is dismayed at his materialism. And when he accuses her of the same, she becomes angry with him. Depressed, he decides to follow Sammy's example of only having shallow relationships with women, in response to which Sammy confides that he is unhappy and encourages Robbie to tell Julia how he feels. Meanwhile, Julia confides in her mother that she has fallen out of love with Glenn and has developed feelings for Robbie and bursts into tears thinking about becoming Mrs. Julia Gulia. (laughs) (laughs) Robbie arrives to declare his feelings and sees her through her bedroom window in her wedding dress where she is happily looking in a mirror pretending she has just married Robbie but Robbie assumes she is thinking of Glenn Mm. heartbreaking Mm -hmm. Uh, heartbroken Robbie leaves to get drunk and finds Glenn in the midst of his pre-wedding bachelor party arm in arm with another woman i like that (laughs) robbie just like walks into a bar with a 40 and is like yeah "Yeah, i brought my own 
Right. <laughs> <laughs> As if you're able to do that anywhere at you know. How how uh, how much money would we be saving if we could do that? Yeah. Man, if I could go to a Chili's <laughs> and bring my own thirty pack of <laughs> uh you know Bud Ice Keystone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just just to hold take up a booth yeah. and drink thirty cans of beer. If I could get on an airplane with a thirty pack of Bud Ice <laughs> and buy it in its own seat and just have it strapped in next to me. <laughs> Uh, after <laughs> Bud Ice, uh, after a heated exchange, Glenn punches Robbie and mocks him. Uh, Robbie stumbles home to find Linda waiting for him, wanting to reconcile, and passes out. Uh, the following morning, she answers the door and introduces herself as his fiance to a crestfallen Julia. Wow. Word of the day. That is bad. <laughs> Crestfallen yeah, is like, not good. Usually, your crest should be like a little higher than hers was. Oh, for sure. If not a lot higher. Uh, she runs to Glenn, who is sleeping off the events of the previous night, and tells him she wants to be married immediately. He half heartedly offers to take her to Las Vegas. <laughs> Uh, Robbie awakens and after shaking off his hangover from the previous night, rejects Linda's reconciliation, having realized how shallow she is during this time with Julia and kicks her out at the 50th wedding anniversary party of his neighbor, Rosie, uh, to whom he has been giving singing lessons. He realizes he wants to grow old with Julia and with Rosie's encouragement, he decides to pursue her. Uh, just then Holly arrives and informs him of Julia's encounter with Linda. So Robbie pushes, uh, rushes to the airport and gets a first-class ticket to Las Vegas. Gotta yes. say, is this the first rapping granny in <laughs> film? Because I feel like this genuinely like created that bit of like a an old woman rapping, doing something, not just rapping, but like an old woman doing something that's like, a younger person would do, and like that's the joke. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, a lot of Sandler critics would say that he is sort of obsessed with old people, like getting hurt or getting kicked <laughs> in the balls, or you know, like like doing stuff like rapping or or uh, get meeting violent ends. Uh, I yeah. think the whole eight crazy nights <laughs> would su- would suggest that as well. Um, uh, with that old man who has to f- go down the entire hill on a in a porter potty, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think I think I think this is this might be a, a Sandlerism of uh, old person doing something really really young uh, a real really young person would do. Also, just like old people being horny, like that's like a joke in the <laughs> beginning where like there's that old woman trying to grab that guy's ass while he's dancing. Oh yeah, that was weird. Yeah, to watch <laughs> now. Um, yeah. After telling his story, oh, also the um, flock of seagulls guy is funny. Yeah, <laughs> at the at the uh, the hotel de- or the the airport desk. Anyway, after telling his story to the empathetic fellow passengers, which include Billy Idol, he learns that Glenn and Julia are on the same flight. This is also an awesome ending, by yeah, the way. I love this. Great. I like the um. 
I can't rem- like this is done in other movies, and I always love it. And I can't think of another movie. Actually, I think it might be done in Wayne's World at some point, <laughs> but where like we kind of keep cutting back to someone telling a story, like telling the events of what's happened in the movie. Oh, right. And there's like right. more and more people listening in. You yeah, know what I mean, yeah, they're like getting into it. Yeah, yeah. Um. It's just, I don't know, I really like it. And uh, with the help of Billy and the flight crew over the loudspeaker, he sings a song he has written called Grow Old With You, Mm. dedicated to Julia. Uh, As Robbie enters the main cabin singing, Glenn tries to assault him, only to be thwarted and shoved into a lavatory by the flight attendants with assistance from Billy and a large fan. Uh, Robbie and Julia admit their love for each other and share a kiss. Billy, impressed by Robbie's song, offers to tell his record company executives about him. Uh, Later, Robbie and Julia are married, and Robbie's bandmates perform at their wedding. Yeah. Great, great ending. You're absolutely right. Like, world-class ending, and that song is so good. Grow Old With You is, is like... You know, one of the greats, one of the all-time greats, and uh, yeah, great film. It's pretty good. It's pretty dang pretty good. good. Yeah, it's pretty dang good. Uh, I gotta say, it. Uh, I. This is one of those weird ones where I was like, I'm not worried about this film at all. I was like, this is just gonna be a blast, and it was. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't even have to think, like, is this going to hold up? Or is this, you know, am I going to think this is funny? It's like, no, I think it's going to be great. And it was. Yeah, I think I felt the same way going in. I was really excited to revisit this one. Yeah. And uh, I, I kind of went in thinking that I was going to maybe have a greater appreciation for it because I haven't seen it in, like, 20 years, like, a long time. Right. Um, And... I do. I, I like it a lot. I think it's great. And I actually, I th- there are more funny mom- moments, mm-hmm. moments and moments than I yeah. remembered there being. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Also, you know, something in this, uh, in the production notes of the Wikipedia mentions, like, that the perspective kind of shifts off of Sandler a little bit in this movie to Barrymore. And, like, just having that kind of split thing. I think really helps actually like, I mean, let's be honest. It's, it's hard to carry an entire movie on your shoulders, right? Adam Sandler Mm -hmm. has had to carry like several of his early films on his shoulders completely. And they're great. But this film, like, because it has that female perspective, it like, it just makes it feel a little more balanced and a little less, I guess, juvenile. And I think that that, you know, it, it's almost like I'm saying something disparaging about Happy Gilmore, Billy Madison, but I'm really not. Like th- this, this movie though, just it has a different tone. That's, I almost want to say, a little bit more relaxing or something. Yeah, um, yeah. I think he. It seems like Sandler in this is like uh, sort of finally able to exercise some acting skills mm-hmm. uh, that maybe he was like interested in in trying out. You know what I mean? Like it, maybe he was interested in doing some of the more, uh, you know, because every like romantic uh, story in any previous Adam Sandler movie was like 
just absolutely absurd. Like him being an idiot and just like the uh, most beautiful woman in the movie <laughs> right. for some reason being attracted to him. Um, right. Just completely unrealistic. Where I I don't know it 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 you could definitely he's doing something different and it seems like he 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 digs it. I, obviously he does like being in that mode cuz he does a bunch of rom-coms mm-hmm. later on yeah. in his career. Yeah. Um so yeah, I don't know. And yeah, Drew Barrymore Drew Barrymore definitely is a big part of that too and 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 him uh I'm trying to think of another movie another Sandler movie where he's not it's He's not like the main, you know, the m- focus of the whole thing. Well, maybe like Spanglish or something. Yeah. He, he may not be the main. Also, like the Meyerowitz stories. I mean, like there's like a lot of movies where he's not like the main, main character. But in this movie, he's still the main character. I, I guess I just more mean like the he shares the stage, so to speak, yeah. with yeah, yeah. with Barrymore. And I think... And I yeah, there's there's there there are there are a handful uh like that. Um yeah. Doesn't he do one with like Jennifer Aniston? Pretty sure that's a Yeah. I believe a, so. Yeah. Uh by the way, I'm looking at the uh soundtracks for the movies, which I, I forgot that back in the day, like soundtracks to movies were just mixed CDs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they were yeah, just yeah, like yeah. mixed cds of songs featured in the movie which is now when i'm thinking about it a very weird idea <laughs> like that you would just buy the wedding singer soundtrack and it's just like 13 different songs by different artists and then yep. an adam sandler yep. song i owned this Soundtrack. Do you want to know what song I listen to the most on this soundtrack? Rapper's Delight? <laughs> no. <laughs> that was probably the second most, though. Um, the first one was uh, Video Killed the Radio yeah, Star. Yeah, it's a great uh, version by the president of the United States of America. I also owned, and I really want to uh, look up what's on this real quick. I also own the soundtrack for uh, Little Nicky. And boy, did I think this this uh, soundtrack rocked in 2000. Yeah. School of Hard Knocks by P.O.D. Oh, yeah. Change dude. by Deftones. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stupefy by Disturbed. When Worlds Collide by Power Man 5000. Oh, my gosh. Take a Picture by Filter. This had, like, got a s- ton of, like, just that that kind of music, huh? Just, like, hard. Lincoln Park, Deftones. Yes. Cypress Hill. Wow, it went hard. Incubus. A lot of rap rock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Remember when rock would just have, like, a turntable scratch? Oh, everyone's yes, playing? dude. Yes. The Linkin Park way. I was thinking about Linkin Park yeah. the other day. How sad it was that Chester, that, that the lead singer, died. Not going to lie. I, I recently uh, watched, like, several live videos of Linkin Park. <laughs> Just to like, just out of curiosity. Just to put yourself. And there. they, you know, it's not it's not my kind of music. But I, when I when I was watching it, I was like, man, these guys deliver for you know the people that are into that kind of music. They oh, got a yeah. lot of energy. They were like, they were huge. Like they were so popular. Yeah, 
You know, kind of like uh, this podcast in a way. Right, in a lot of ways. Not, you know, for the people that l- want it, we really deliver. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So, Jeremy, I've been trying forever to think of, uh, literally all episode I've been trying to think of my favorite line, um, and I, I, I'm pretty sure it is... Uh, when when he starts singing Love Stinks mm. and he just says <laughs> Scott and Cindy are married. <laughs> Whoopity doo. It's <laughs> a great delivery. Yeah, that's that. a good one. But Jeremy, uh, final thoughts on the wedding singer and your Chucky Freckle rating. I think that the wedding singer is way more interesting than I ever really gave it credit for when you consider sort of the career of Adam Sandler linearly. Like, kind of like we mentioned up top, I the thing I kept thinking about the most throughout this movie is like, wow, this is like Sandler trying to grow up just a little bit, not a ton, because he's still about to make the water boy, or he maybe just came off the water boy. But, and that's maybe his most juvenile movie to date. Uh, but this is him sort of sh- flexing <laughs> that muscle, like you said, Eric, a little bit of that acting muscle, uh, that he can kind of do a dramatic part, a, com- a comedic, dr- uh, dr- you know, a comedic still, but equally as dramatic uh, role here. And, you know, I, it just, it kind of, yeah, it kind of proves that he can do, that he can now be in that camp. Like, they, he, it's almost like he's saying to the world, hey, I'm castable as this as well. Yeah. And, you know, for better or worse, that really does change his career moving forward. You know, there are, there are comedian comedians who never pivoted. Right. I think about someone like David Spade or somebody, or somebody like, uh, like uh, some other SNL people like Mike Myers or Dana Carvey. Like they were, they only ever played super comedic roles, you know, and never tried to edge themselves into this other space of being like, you know, also uh, romantic interest, leading man type. Um, you see very few comedians really do that, you know, like what Robin Williams, Jim Carrey, Adam Sandler, you know. Um, and be, I think it's kind of because they managed to do that, they're thought of as like almost their careers become a little bit larger than life at that point. And they, and now we think about them in a whole different way. And I think I think that was that was something I wasn't expecting to leave the wedding singer thinking about. So it was cool. And beyond that, it is a really funny movie, and it is a great watch. And um, yeah, so I'm gonna give it a three point two five Chucky Freckles score. Uh, it doesn't quite get reach the highs of Billy Madison. I like it just a tiny bit more than Happy Gilmore. Um, but yeah, that's still an incredibly high score. I think for me, 3.25. An excellent score. Uh, and Jeremy, you know, before we get started, uh, before I, before I start my ranking of the wedding singer, um, I am just going to real quick bump my shopping score. <laughs> Down from 1.25 out of four to one out of oh, four. Oh, perfect. Good. Yeah, we needed to do that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> nobody, nobody knows uh, what what that what that's referencing. Uh, 
So, yeah, I I think that this is a great movie. I echo everything that you say. I would actually um I'm going to go I'm going to give this an even higher score, Jeremy, cuz I think, you know, this is not uh, if I'm putting on an Adam Sandler movie, I'm generally looking for one of the sillier ones. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm probably gonna put on Billy Madison. Yeah, probably Hubie Halloween. Maybe Big Daddy. Mm-hmm. Big Daddy is actually like a good middle ground between the Wedding Singer and Billy Madison. Oh it's like man, I feel like it's almost exact a a minute like Wedding Singer, where it's like yeah. it's it's he's playing such a dramatic sort of role in that. You know, yeah. really showing his range. I, to me, Big Daddy is way less silly than like uh, Happy Gilmore. Yeah. Well, the silly moments are le- there's there's a lot of silly moments, but less of it is Sandler being silly. Right. Most of it is actually just Rob Schneider. <laughs> yeah. And that kid. <laughs> um, but anyway, the Wedding Singer is it's a romantic comedy. I don't really like romantic comedies, and I love this movie. So that being said, I think it's an excellent, I think it did what it was supposed to do very well. I'm giving it a 3.75 out of 4. Ooh, um, So next week we are um, hopping back on the Scorsese train, Jeremy, and um, we're going to have to figure this out because we, our next film, before we cover... Uh, we could okay. So we just did Taxi Driver. The next yeah. film is New York, New York. Yes, which I sort of went ahead and tried to see if where we could watch it, mm-hmm. and it seems like it might be one of those things that's like not streaming a lot of places. Oh, really? Yeah. Let me look one, one more time. New York, Scorsese. Yeah, prelim- uh, preliminary Google search of New York, New York just takes me to the to the city. Uh, city. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we could just go look at the city for an hour and a half. Yeah, which I wonder if it would be. If we probably be the same thing. Be yeah, kind of be similar to that. Um. I think you can watch it on. Let me see if you can watch on. Synced. Wait, is it on? Maybe it's just on YouTube. Nope. You can watch it. Oh, no. Huh. Yeah. Well, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Hopefully, I don't don't know. I I actually wasn't expecting (laughs) this. I thought it was. uh, Oh, this would be way easier to find. Yeah, me too. Um, interesting. Yes. So we'll, well, I'll look more deeply into it, and uh, it may be something that we do. Um, we'll figure it out. We'll fi- we'll we'll figure it out. Maybe we'll have to skip it momentarily until we figure something out. But we'll we'll cover it at some point. Yeah. Um So yeah, and then the next Sandler movie we do is The Water Boy. So get ready for that in two weeks, mm-hmm. Jeremy. Anything you would like you would like to plug? No, not at all. Follow us on Twitter at Hubie Halloween One. 
got some great stuff going on over there. Uh, and patreon.com slash Eric and Jeremy to support the show and listen to those bonus episodes. And Norma, I'll see you in my dreams. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.